I want to read a scripture that a lot of us are familiar with. Some of you may not be, but uh, if you've been around or read your Bible for any amount of time or been around church, you're very familiar with this scripture. I typically don't read the scripture in this verse, but for the, for the subject matter tonight, I'm going to start out with it. In Philippians 4, beginning in chapter 6, in the New King James Version, it says this, Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Some of you may be familiar with this. If you can put verse 6 back up, Doug, the first part. I want to focus on the first four words of this verse tonight. And it's the words, be anxious for nothing. Let's, let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you for your word. There's time together that we can share your word. Lord, I, I pray you would continue to speak. I know you spoke to people tonight. Continue to speak to us, Lord God, to me and through me, to everyone here, and give us the grace to apply it to our lives. I bind up all distractions and all hindrances. And Lord, we cancel the plan of the enemy and ask that you have your way tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. I've recently been encountering more and more people that are dealing with anxiety, even Christians. In our day and age, it seems like the further I go along, and I've already looked around, half a dozen people have been shaking their heads. More, You probably know some too, right? You might actually be one sitting in here tonight. More and more people seem to be dealing what's known as anxiety. It seems like the bigger we get, busier we get, I'm sorry, some of us, the bigger we get is 12, but the busier we get. I had a lady today in the office say, that shirt is really slimming on you. I'm like, so what would you saying? You know, like, it's like, I need to be slimming? Is that what you're saying? Anyway, side note, that didn't give me anxiety when she said that, by the way. It seems like the busier we get, the more demands others put on us, the more we put on ourselves, and the more distracted we get, which in turn leads to an increase of anxiety. Would you agree with that? Would you? Would you? Not only are, are Christians facing this problem, but also Christian leadership. And this is where last year in September, um, I read something that that really broke my heart. And as I was studying today, I went back to try to look at that. It was actually a blog and it took me to some more updated stuff. But back in September of last year, uh, a very um, uh, apparently successful, talented and influential 30-year-old pastor around the Los Angeles area committed suicide. Now, I hadn't heard of this guy before, but I heard that he was a, it was a growing church, a thriving church. They said this guy was a phenomenal preacher, a great communicator, and, and he, he committed suicide. He took his life. And, and in that blog, there was a link to read about her eulogizing her husband. And as I was studying today, and this was months ago, I went back to that, and there was, of course, updated things. Of, and it's just heartbreaking. You have this young mother with three kids. He, he was married and had three children. And, of course, he's, he's pastoring this thriving church. And... and and it's just heartbreaking. As I read, like, that letter was her first letter to him right after it happened. And there was a letter from February that says it was just titled Six Months Later. And just heart-wrenching, you know, heart-wrenching to see, you know, and, and she described the amount of pain, stress, anxiety that, that this young man was under. So how could pace, pressure, and performance, which produced anxiety, cause such a crushing end? 
you know, obviously we know that anxiety is not something new. It's not just um, something that's that, that's uh, new to this generation or our, our way of life. I believe it has things in our life, and which we'll talk about, has increased it. All right, now. Has increased it. But it's not something new. Think about King David. King David faced unthinkable pressure, right, and anxiety. He ran from cave to cave while hiding... Uh, uh, while being by hiding from in caves, while being stalked by a madman named Saul, if you're familiar, familiar with that story, this this the king at the time, David wasn't king. King Saul was trying to he was intent on killing his leadership and destiny. Matter of fact, King David wrote when he became the king later. He wrote his wrote his deepest psalms while living under the intense pressure and anxiety that he was living under. Matter of fact, if you Read the book of Psalms. If you've never read through the book of Psalms, read through the book of Psalms. And after tonight, think about some of the things that, that, that King David was talking about. You can see he had a tremendous amount of anxiety working in his life. Because obviously if you had somebody or I had somebody chasing me down trying to kill me, that, that would be grounds for anxiety, right? So it's not anything new for us. But we know that pressure is real. Anxiety is real. And it can have a desert, devastating consequence in our lives. Would you agree? So I want to give you a few ways tonight to help you prevent and to overcome anxiety. Number one, adjust your pace of life. Adjust your pace of life. If we redline our time and commitments, something within us is eventually going to dry up and start dying. So what do I mean by that? You redline your commitments. Like when you're going, let me put it to you this way. When you live a life going 90 to nothing and you're always running in the red, running 100 miles or 110, 120 miles an hour, so to speak, you know, on your dominant in your vehicle, you have the RPMs, right? And it, they, they, when it gets to whatever it is, seven, eight, it, it, it goes into the red, right? It means you're, you're revving up your engine too long. And that happens when you take off, that happens. Your RPMs go up. But what happens after you get on the highway or you get the speed you're going and you level out, what those, those RPMs go back down, right? That car is not meant to stay in the red for a long amount of time. Isn't that right? And if it does, what happens? The car is going to blow up. It's going to burn up, right? Church, the same is true with us as well. We're not meant to run in the red all the time. Just this week, and this was one of the things that uh, I felt led to, to, to speak on this tonight, was that my wife met with a lady just this week, and, and basically she was telling her in a, in a nutshell, and I got her permission to use this story. I'm not going to use her name, but I, I did, uh, my wife got her, her permission to use this story. She had been, she's been running in the red. Her and her family, I mean, have, has been running wide open and, and it's, it's having some very negative effects, some serious effects on her and her family's life. She said it's been chaotic because they're always super busy, like not only with work, working sometimes 10, 12 hours, uh, you know, multiple children, um, dancing and, and baseball and football, whatever the extracurricular activities, nothing's wrong with that. They're involved in church, but they've just been running wide open. She said, I can't do this anymore. We're not meant to run that wide open for a long period of time. In Exodus chapter 18, Moses had come to a place in his life 
for his, where his pace was about to kill him. The, the good thing was he, by the power of God, he had just struck Egypt with 10 plagues, led almost 2 million people across or out of Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, killed Pharaoh's army, and defeated the Amalekites. He, at the moment, he was having a, a great ministry and a great life, right? I mean, he just, God just used him to do, I mean, you know, right there, five miracles that, that are recorded, and the Lord used this one man to do. So his father-in-law comes to Mount Zion, out of, uh, comes to Mount Zion, out in the desert where Moses was. He brings Moses' his wife and his two boys, and you can read the details of the story in Exodus 18. Jethro hangs around for a few days, and he's watching the hordes of people that are lining up in front of Moses all day to render a verdict. Moses would hear their disputes, their, their, their complaints, their cases, and even some lawsuits. All day long, Moses would come sit out at his tent, and hundreds, if not maybe sometimes thousands of people a day or a week would come to Moses day in and day out, and he would try to render decisions and judgment for all these people in Israel. Finally, Jethro had enough, and he spoke up. Look at Exodus 18, verses 17 and 18. It says this, this is not good. Moses' father-in-law exclaimed, you're going to wear yourself out and the people too. This job is too heavy a burden for you to handle all by yourself. It took less than 24 hours to see how ridiculous Moses' lifestyle and pace had become. He can see that he, Moses was way overloaded, had too much going on, had all these people coming to him. And, and Jethro said, hey, man, time out. This is not going to work. You know, sometimes in our own life, we get so caught up in our own responsibilities that we cannot see the long-term effect it will have on both us and those who are depending on us. Running at a high level of anxiety, first of all, is so strenuous on our bodies and our minds and our emotion. You know, there's the, uh, the chemical called cortisol that's released, and it's the, what's called the fight or flight chemical. You have heard of that? This amazing amount of adrenaline is released in your body and God's put it in our body. So if you're like, you know, if, if something traumatic happens, you have to fight or flight. Or you ever heard the stories, I've seen the videos now where, you know, a, a kid's trapped under a car and they can flip, a man can flip the car over because there's adrenaline running full speed. God's put that inside of us. I, I heard a study recently where a doctor said that we are running, some people run at that level of the fight or flight daily. Every day, some people, I'm not saying everybody's not coming, but some people are running at the level that God has put that chemical and, and releases things in us only for the extreme circumstances people are running in that every day. And the physical effects, you've not even heard of, of what's called adrenal fatigue, where your adrenal glands are burnt out because adrenaline is steadily running in your body that eventually they get burnt. There's, there's no more. And then you have extreme fatigue. So, so, you know, that's the kind of things that constant anxiety does in our life. So, you know, Moses was called down by his father-in-law and said, hey, man, there's no way. You're running at a pace that's way too high. You can't, there's no way you can take all these people and, and continue every day, day in and day out, you know, and, and we'll see the advice he gave them. But the application for us is, listen, sometimes we just have to slow down. We have to put margin in our life. What do I mean by that? Put, put some margin. Like, like when, when, just because we have a calendar, you have an empty calendar, you don't have to fill it up. 
It don't have to be filled up. And if you do, listen, I'm learning this. I'm preaching to myself. I was telling my wife, I started working on this message this morning at my house, and I was sharing some of the stuff with my wife that I was getting convicted. I, I'm, I'm working on this where not to butt up meetings back to back throughout the day. I got them 10 o'clock and I got a 1030. Nine times out of 10, that 1030 goes to 1040 or 1045. Then guess what? I'm late for my next meeting. Then I'm feeling stressed. The person waiting for me is probably mad at me. And then guess what? My next meeting is going to be late, right? And at the end of the day, my wife and my son's texting me like, hey, when are you coming home? <laughs> right? So, look, it's confession time. And that's not every day, but I'm learning, like, we got to have margin. It might not be just work. I'm not talking about work. When you get to work, you got to work. But, you know, sometimes it's a combination of everything. It's a business at work. It's a business with the kids. It's a business with our hobbies. It's a business in our mind. It's a business on our phone. It's a business with taking on extra things. Listen, we got to have margin. Margin means you got to have space in your life. You got to space things out. And sometimes that's just internally with your mind and with your heart. You know, listen to those who love you. Just as Moses had Jethro to tell him, hey, listen, you can't keep doing this. He said, this is not good. You're going to wear yourself. Isn't this interesting? You're going to wear yourself and the people out. When you run at that level of anxiety, it's not only unhealthy for you, but those around you. You ever get around a person that's stressed out? What does it do to you? It stresses you out, right? You're like, do you ever have somebody, like, you're sitting down talking to them, and they're just nervous, and they're talking, and you're like, man, sit down. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need to sit down. I'm like, brother, you do need to sit down because you're stressing me out. Sit down and slow down. And I'm probably one of those people, you know? It's like I'll be talking to people, and they're like, slow down, man. <laughs> like, take a breath, you know? We got to build margin and listen, listen to those who love you. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the last point. Put a Sabbath in your routine, in your calendar. Do you take a Sabbath every week? You know that a Sabbath is commanded? It's not suggested. It's one of the 10 commandments. Why did God talk to us about the Sabbath? It's, it's not another law that he wanted us to follow Jesus said it later that, that the Sabbath was made for man, not man made for the Sabbath. In other words, God said, you need a day to rest. You need a day to slow down. You need a day where you're not doing anything that's putting more stress and anxiety on you. You need to unplug. You need to disconnect. You need to put whatever your work tool is down. Put your phone, your calendar, your email, your whatever it is. And don't, you know, and even in it, sometimes it's a good thing. And I get it. Like, I don't do it every week. Things come up. I get it. But it's like, man, I got some free time. I, I'm going to go start something new. And sometimes it's good. We just need to adjust and slow down our pace. And listen, pray about every new opportunity. Just because a new opportunity comes up don't mean we need to do it. But again, that's why it's good. My wife and I try to do this. We bounce things off of each other. Hey, what do you think? Hey, man, I got an opportunity to go do this. It might even be do something fun. And she's like, uh, you got this, this, and this coming up. You think you should be doing that on like the four hours you're free? I'm like, mm -mm, probably not. It, look, it, it happened last week. I got invited to go do something I enjoy doing. And, and I was like, well, man, you know, and I, can I just confess? I mean, I feel like I'm, I might as well now. So I had a few, I had not a funeral. I had a wedding to do at one o'clock on Saturday. And I, you know, somebody was, was going fishing on Saturday morning. I said, well, man, as long as I'm back in my house at 12 o'clock, I'm going to be good. Then I thought, if that boat breaks down in the basin, those people are going to be very mad at me because there's no way I'm going to make it back for one o'clock. So quickly, I'm just being honest. I'm processed. It was like, 
I can't do that. I need to put margin in my life. And I don't want people to be mad at me. And I still want to have a job on Monday morning. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, not really, but seriously, but seriously, you, you know, that, that's something fun. I enjoy doing. I hadn't been fishing yet this year. I wanted to go. And of course, you know, my father-in-law sending me pictures of all these fish he's catching, right? So, but even if it's something like that, that's one of the ways I do unwind, unplug and, and disconnect is by getting in the outdoors and fishing. But in that particular moment, that morning, I couldn't do that. And my wife had plans too, so that also shot a hole in it. So I, she, she, I already told her she, you know, she had something to do. But even if she didn't, I was like, that wouldn't be a wise decision. Are y'all tracking with me? I'm using my life and my own struggles to try to help you out. I hope it is. I hope by you laughing at me, you're being helped as well. So is this new opportunity? Pray about every new opportunity from a hobby to a job to, you know, a new, just whatever you might be taking on. Are y'all understand what I'm saying? Do you ever feel like your pace of life is wide open? And you need to slow down? Do you ever felt like that? I figured you did. That's why I felt like I needed to share this tonight. And some things are unavoidable. If you got little children, we, we have four kids sometimes. Like when you got babies and toddlers, your pace is going to be wide open when they're awake. Ain't that right? Amen. It's going to be wide. Ain't no two. You can't slow down when you got a baby in diapers running around the house, right? That's just part of it. But the things we can control adjust your pace. Is this any new opportunity Pray about it. Actually, this is the will of the Lord for your, your life, which leads to my next point. Number two, pressure is never the will of God. Let me say that again. Pressure is never the will of God. Pressure often comes, and this is why, pressure often comes when we're trying to please man, not God. If I please God, who cares what man thinks? That's why the scripture says fear of man brings a snare, but trusting in God or trusting in the Lord, there is safety. Usually pressure comes when somebody's pressuring you to do something and you want to please them, so you try to accomplish it. You try to do it. My wife and I, she actually, I don't know if it was something she read or heard about giving people a soft no, just saying, no, I can't do that. I'm sorry. Now, if it's your boss and you're at work and he's paying you, that you can't give him a soft no, right? Because you might be looking for another job. But you know what I'm saying? People, man, it's good to help people, want to help people. We're always talking about serving people, man. We want you to make a difference. But, man, sometimes you just have to say no. Like, man, I've been running wide open. I'm sorry. I can't. Whatever the case may be. Pressure comes when we're trying to please people. What does the scripture say about it? First Thessalonians 2.4. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. When your purpose is to please God and not people, you don't feel pressure, right? Did the Lord pressure you into getting saved? No. No, the Lord's, the Bible says it's his patience that leads us to repent, or his kindness, but that he's patient with us. That's the things that lead us to repentance. Galatians 1.10, obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, the apostle Paul said, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. You see that? Pressure comes from trying to please people. The apostle Paul made it clear to two different churches. Listen, our goal is not to please people, but to please God. Listen, one definition of anxious, I, I looked it up in, in the Webster's 1828 dictionary. Brother Francis suggested that I get that dictionary, and I did. It's it, One of the definitions of anxious, remember I started Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, is, listen to one definition, is very careful, anxious to please. Anxious to commit no mistake. Isn't that interesting? One of the definitions of anxious, which is another of anxiety, is when you're careful to try to please people. When you're constantly trying to please people, 
anxiety builds. Because let me give you a secret. You might know this already. You're never going to be able to please everybody. Miss Scarlett knew where I was going with that. Right? Am I right? You're never going to be able to please everybody. Some people you do. Some people you can please for a moment. And then 10 minutes later or in the next week, they're going to be disappointed with you. It's like, man, I, I, I gave you my whole free day last week. I took you, call it 2.30 in the morning. And now you're mad at me? Really? Come on, you know. You're never going to be able to please everybody. But you know what? Sometimes it's God's will for you to take that phone call at 2.30 in the morning. And God's going to use you to help that person a breakthrough. And in that person, there's no pressure. They're thankful. God gets glorified. That's when you know it's the will of God, right? Pressure is not the will of God. If people are pressuring you into doing anything, it's often, it's not the will of God. Even Jesus' brother, think about this, tried to put pressure on him to force him to go to Jerusalem. You remember that? He tried to force him. Hey, man, why don't you go to Jerusalem where your ministry can take off over there? He replied in John 7, 6, my time has not yet come. Your time is always here. In other words, he's saying, your time is always now, now, now. Let's do it now. He says, my time has not yet come. Even Jesus got put pressure on him, and it was wrapped in a spiritual thing. Hey, man, go to Jerusalem. You need to go to Jerusalem. Everybody's going to be able to see you there. It seemed like a good thing. It seemed like a God thing. Which, by the way, there's a difference between being good and being God. There's, John Bevere has done a whole study and a whole book on that. Pressure is never the will of God. Even Jesus was pressured. So listen, if you're feeling pressure, it usually comes the root is because you may be trying to please somebody. You may be trying to, trying to, there's an expectation, which I'll talk about in a minute too, that it's upon you. And you know what? Pressure breeds anxiety. The pressure to please people, let me say it that way. The pressure to please people breeds anxiety. You've seen these scriptures in Thessalonians and Galatians. He says, our goal is to please God not man. He said, actually said, if we're trying to please people, then we're not Christ's servants. That's a pretty powerful statement. If you stop and think about that, if your goal is to please people, you're actually not Christ's servants. Number three, let your life be driven by passion, not performance. Now the pressure to please and performance kind of, they're close cousins, but let your life be driven by passion, not performance. You see, just as pressure is trying to please people, performance is trying to impress people, Right? When you're performing for somebody, even a paid performer, they're up there to entertain and to impress you with the oohs and the ahs. Wow, look what he can do, right? Let your life be driven by passion, not performance. Philippians 2, 3 makes it clear. Don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. I don't think we need a Greek study on that right there, right? That's pretty plain, right? Do not try to impress others. 1 Corinthians 2.4, he says it this way when he talks about not, you know, preaching with clever words or speech. He said, so nothing I could have said, I could have, so nothing I said could have impressed you or anyone else. In the context earlier in that, he's talking about when I came to you, I didn't lean on clever speech or impressive words and all that, but I depended only on the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I wasn't trying to impress you. I got up here and I just told you the truth of the gospel and I relied on the power of God. See, sometimes we try to impress others because of the expectation they put on us or the expectation we put on ourselves. Sometimes we try to perform and impress people because we're trying to keep up with them. We fall into the comparison trap. And then you're trying to impress people because you feel like you, you need to be further alone than you are. You're trying to keep up with them. You're trying to, you know, you ever heard the saying, trying to keep up with the Joneses, 
right? You're trying to impress others because you feel like they're further along than you. They may because they have more than you. Or let me just be honest, going into this, or you know what? Their highlight reel on social media looks better than yours. And that's, that, that's the truth, guys. Listen, I talked to someone recently who got off of social media because they, they were in, in a roundabout way. This was happening. They, they felt the expectation uh, when they would see something on social media of like, man, I'm, I'm not as good as, as a mom as them. I'm not as good as a, as a godmother. I'm not as good as a, 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 you fill in the blank. I'm not as good of a dad. I'm not as good. Oh, man, they're always taking their kids to Disneyland. I never took my kids to Disneyland. I'm, I must not be as good of a, of, a, of a mother or whatever. I don't have those nice of clothes. I didn't have a pretty Easter dress on like that she had on it or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. I didn't catch that many fish on Saturday. I didn't even get to go fishing. Hey, look, that's, that's where I'm at. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. There, there's times where years ago and during hunting season and we, we would scratch on a hunt and we on Facebook and you see these guys with straps of ducks and it's like, man, I keep on getting all them ducks. I ain't even seen no ducks this morning. You know, like, and I, that, I, that's real. I told my wife that, like, that's, you know, man, that nests with me, you know? Little things like, this is my hobby, which I love to do, and, but, but I get on social media and start comparing myself, and guess what? Now I'm in a trap. So listen, when, when we, we try to impress people, then you're, then you're performance-driven instead, be, instead of being driven by passion. So performance is trying to impress others, but passion comes from God. Performance is trying to impress others, but passion is from God. Somebody said this, adrenaline-fused performance, anointing-fused passion. Adrenaline-fused performance, but anointing-fused passion. So when you're passionate about something, if you're passionate about the things of God, the anointing on your life is going to fuel that. Not an insecurity to compare are, are, are to, to, you remember we talked about that? I mean, because you can run on adrenaline and you can burn out your adrenal glands too, right? But that's, that comes from a comparison, maybe an insecurity, maybe an unhealthy expectation you're putting on yourself or others are putting on you. But passion is from God. So let me ask you, if that's true in adrenaline-fused performance and anointing-fused passion, what's fueling you? What are you being fueled by? Do you feel like you're living by your passions or by performance? The passion of God comes from the presence of God and knowing the will of God. Let me say that again. The passion of God comes from the presence of God and knowing the will of God. So again, when we, that's what tonight when I took a minute to encourage you to, to listen to God speak to you and ask God to speak to you. We do that because we, that we want you to encounter him personally. We want you to know him and get in his presence and, and you to know his will. And that's, when you get in God's presence, you hear God's will for your life, whether it be in, in, your wor- in the word, in worship and prayer, in a setting like this, when God begins to speak to you, you're passionate about it. You know, like I mentioned last week, uh, uh, when, when, when I sat there and said, Lord, what do you want me to preach tonight? And immediately that subject came to my brain and that message came to my brain I mean, nobody could have talked me out of that message. I mean, I could have maybe second-guessed, but I would have went back to know God spoke to me and said his will for this church last Wednesday night was this word. And that, 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 that was the passion I had to present the message, which I try to do every time we get up here. We, we pray and like lead us, God is direct us on what is it you want us to speak. Be set free from performance and pressure and be fueled by passion. That's my encouragement to you. 
And it guess what? So if you're running at a level of anxiety, if you feel increased or steady anxiety on your life, think about it. Am I doing things out of unhealthy expectations? And is it out of performance? Or is it out of a passion for God? Because if it's, again, like the will of God, if it's God's will, it's going to fuel the passion and the, and, and the anointing in your life. And again, that, that, those are the things. Because listen, again, this performance will produce burnout. Performance will produce burnout. So, and the fourth and final thing is, which we talk about often, but we see it here with this story. The fourth and final thing is don't do life alone. Don't do life alone. And why am I saying that? Thank God that Jethro confronted Moses about his schedule, right? I mean, Moses' schedule was just outrageous. Jethro gave Moses some life-changing advice on how to delegate to people who could make lower-level decisions while Moses handled the major ones. If you read the story, you can read it. He says, hey, look, he, he, he said, appoint leaders that can, that can be over 100, over 50, over 10. He split them up. He said, okay, y'all handle, in, in lack of better words, y'all handle the more petty stuff, right, the more simple stuff. And in any major decisions, y'all still bring it to me. But that cut out probably more than half of the meetings that he had to have every day. And, and, and that piece of advice radically changed Moses' life. Look at it, and, and, and you can read about the detail, but for time's sake, I'm going to just read what Jethro said in Exodus 18.23. If you follow this advice, and if God commands you to do so, again, there's God's will. You see that? If you follow my advice, and if God commands you, make sure this is the will of God, then you will be able to endure, look at this, the pressures, and all these people will go home in peace. Moses had some pressure and some anxiety in his life as well, right? You'll be able to endure the pressures if you follow my advice. See, this one change would totally transform Moses' lifestyle and help him to last an entire 40 years that he would lead Israel through the desert. You and I need people like that in our life as well. We need people, as we wrap it up tonight, we need people to help us say, hey man, you're running, you're running wide open. It's time to pull back the reins a little bit. We need people, whether it's your spouse, people in your life group. Again, that's why it's so important to be in a life group. If you're not in one, you need people like this in your life. Maybe a best friend. You need to ask their help. You need to ask their, you know, what? it's very important. Seek them out. And then not only seek them out and ask for their help, but commit to follow their counsel when your anxiety has confused your decision-making and your processes. My wife and I, my wife's very good with that. Like, hey, you're running wide open, and we all feeling it, right? And just recently, you know, she, she brought to light, you know, where uh, I was running wide open, and, and when I got home, they felt it because I was stressed out. I was burnt out. I was tired. And I say burnt out. I was tired from the day or a couple of long weeks or whatever the case may be. And, and she let me know, but it was good. She let me know like, oh man, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it. You know, you ever get home, you're tired, you're just kind of ornery, you're cranky, you know, like I tell people, I'm, I'm like a little kid sometimes. And when I'm tired and hungry, I usually get, I'm not in the best mood, you know, you know, my blood sugar's low and I need a nap. You know what I mean? All right. And then Jay, you know, I'm a grown man. I still, I'm just being honest with you. All right. That's just, you know, that's not spiritual at all, but that's the truth. Right. And so, but sometimes it's because, you know what, I've been running wide open and thankfully I have a wife that kindly and gently says, hey, I need to talk to you. It's time to, you know, slow things down. This is what's going on. 
Because it's true. And when you're running wide open, if you ain't have anxiety in your life, it can confuse your decision. Oh, no, I'm good. I can do that. We can go do that, man. Let's go. I can, no, I can take on another project. I can take on another job. I can work later hours. And your wife's like, no, no, you can't, you know. We have, we have some friends that just recently, we, we know they're busy. They're in business and find out they were opening another business. And it was like, man, when are you going to sleep? <laughs> it's like, man, you know, it, it, it's, you know, but you need people in your life to help you with that, right? So seek out the counsel, get it in a circle around you, whether it's your spouse, your life group, trusted people that, and listen, allow them to speak in your life because sometimes we don't realize it and we can easily take offense to it. I like our brother Francis says, you have to take an offense. By the way, to be offended, you have to choose to be offended. You have to choose to take an offense. So be open and trusted. And listen, if you're that spouse, if, if, if tonight your spouse goes home and, and the day's coming and says, hey, you know, like Brandon was talking about, you know, I want you to tell me if I'm, if I'm you know, if you see my anxiety, my stress level getting high, come talk to me. If you're that person, do it in a gent- way, gently uh, a gentle way too, right? It's always, people respond better when you, when you talk to them in a gentle way, right? Because the way you say, hey man, you running wild, you know, you can raise their anxiety level by the way your approach. So just a side note on that, right? If you're that person presented in a loving and kind and look, caring way, because that's why I'm up here tonight sharing this with you. We, we're seeing the, the, the effects. I've seen it personally. I've seen it my wife, you know, she could tell you as well as a mom, four kids, being in ministry, you know, we, there's times and we're just seeing it more often. That's why I felt like sharing this tonight. I'm seeing the trend. Are you seeing it too in your life or people around you? That anxiety, stress, which by the way, there's a scripture, and I didn't write it, but there's one in one of the translations that says anxiety leads to depression. It says it in Proverbs in one of the translations. I, I came across that as I was studying today. And, and you know what? There's so many things tied to anxiety. You know, um, that, that depression, uh, you know, of course, stress, you know, all these different things, you know, and there's other practical things to do. Try to slow down, man, exercise. If you don't exercise, you know, that, that, that's something good to do to relieve some stress and anxiety. I like to go to the, to the gym at the end of the day. If I have a stressful day, man, and I can go do some cardio, my son and I work out together. There's some healthy things to do to relieve stress as well. I'm going to give you, of course, a few spiritual things as we wrap it up, but these are some ways. Set your pace. How, maybe look at the pace of life you're going overall in every aspect of your life. Look at your pace. See what you're doing. Realize if you're being pressured to do things and you're feeling pressure, it's not the will of God, right? Have people in your life to try to help you. Let your life be fueled by passion, not by performance. Of course, we need the Lord's help to do this, right? To, to, to stay free from or to overcome current anxiety. First Peter 5, 7 says this, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you, right? We just started with Philippians 4, 6 at the beginning. Be anxious for nothing. The rest of that verse tells us how to overcome it and what to do. The New Living Translation, this is the one I always quote. Be anxious for nothing or instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. You see that? Instead, you know, pray about it. Pray about the will of God. Pray about opportunities. Tell God what you need. It might be, Lord, help me. Show me, show me what I need to do in my schedule, in my pace, and what I'm doing. Help me to be open to counsel my wife, my friends, you know, maybe my life group leader, people around me at my church that are trying to help me. And then thank God for what he's done. He's done so much for us to try to help us through this. God, again, God never intended us to run at this level. I think you know that. 
we were never created to run at the level of, of stress and anxiety that we most Americans run at on a regular basis. Again, and that's why you're seeing physical and emotional, mental, you know, fatigue. And, and, and there's a record number of people that are on medication and, and, and whatnot because of this. Tell God what you need. Thank you for what he's done. And then once you do these things, the anxiety gets replaced with peace. Amen? That's the promise of Philippians 4, 7. Then you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds in as you live in Christ Jesus. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me? You don't have to raise your hand or anything. I don't, I don't, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but whatever head bow and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, man, I, I've been, you're talking about me tonight. I've been running at a high level of stress. I've been running at a high level of anxiety. Let me use the word that the scripture uses. Be anxious to nothing. Man, I've been anxious. Maybe it's not, I didn't even get into like your thoughts. Maybe it's not your schedule, but it's just your thought life. Maybe your thought life has caused you to be anxious, to have anxiety. Maybe it is because you're running 90 to nothing around everywhere and things you have to do, things you want to do are things that you don't need to do. People have put pressure and expectations on you. Maybe you've put expectations on yourself. Maybe you're comparing others and you're performing and trying to impress others. Just do me a favor with every head bowed, every eye closed. Say, Brandon, if you say, man, that's me, I, I want to pray over you. Father, I just ask, Lord, yeah, I just, I just ask that you would help these. Maybe if you, nobody's looking around, if you want to be bold and say, that's me, just lift your hands to the Lord. I had one brother lift his hand. You say, man, that's me. I've been anxious. I've been running at high levels of anxiety. Come on. There you go. We have a lot of people raising your hand. You're not alone. If that's you, lift your hand and say, Lord, that's me. I've been, I've been running with, with anxiety I don't need to be running with. Thank y'all for being honest. Come on, I'm with you. I just confess my own. I, 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 I get it. We all fall into that. But Lord, we, we can't stay there, y'all. Let's pray together. Father, I stand. I have my hands raised, Lord. I stand with my brother and sister, Lord. I, Lord, I need your help, Lord. I need, I need to set a pace in my life that, that I'm not running wide open all the time. Lord, I know there's seasons of that. Some of it we can't prevent, Lord. But help us, Lord God, if we're constantly running with anxiety. You said be anxious for nothing, but pray about everything. So, Father, we're praying about it tonight. We're doing what you told us to do, Lord. Everybody in here, Lord God, with their hands raised, and maybe even some of those that don't have their hands raised, Lord God, are praying, Lord, help us. Lord, show us how we can, Lord God, uh, set our pace at, at, at a way, Lord God, that, that's healthy, Lord. Help us, Father God, that we're fueled, Lord God, uh, by anointing and passion and not performance, Lord God. Lord, break the comparison trap of us, Lord God, that we're not trying to impress others or please others, but that we're only living to please you. And Lord, help us to have people in our lives, to seek out people like our spouses, our church, our life groups, Lord God, or to get in a life group, Lord God, to listen to the counsel of those around us to show us and help us, Lord God. And Lord, ultimately, we cast this care on you. Now, right now, the only way I know how to do this is cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The only way I know how to do that is in prayer. So right now, whatever's been stressing you out, whatever you've been anxious about, come on, just give it to the Lord right now. In prayer, give it to him. Say, Lord, I give you blank. I give you my life. Maybe I give you my schedule. Maybe it's this insecurity. It's this thing that makes me want to perform and impress people. Lord, I cast it on you. I give it to you. Come on, I believe the Lord's speaking to you tonight. Just as we talked about her, we did at the beginning. Lord, I pray you help them. That even now, your peace that surpasses all understanding will guard their hearts and their mind in Christ Jesus. Help them as they move forward, Lord. 
in Jesus' name. Now, before we leave, whatever hair is still bowed and closed, you know, it might not be that you're anxious about things going on in your life right now. Maybe anxiety comes or anxiousness comes because you don't know what's going to happen after this life's over. You might say, man, you know, this precious little lady that, that she, she could be moments away, days away from crossing over into eternity. When, when, when that day comes or we know people die suddenly, are you right with the Lord? Do you have a total settled peace in you that you know when you die from this life and cross over, you're going to spend eternity with the Lord? If not, the Bible makes it clear we need to confess our sin, acknowledge that we've sinned before God, ask him to forgive us. And he said he would forgive us and make us right with him. And we would spend eternity with him. If that's you, with every head bowed, every eye closed, say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm going to spend eternity with the Lord, if I'd be eternally separated. But I want to get right. I want to make sure I'm right with the Lord tonight. If that's you, just slip up your hand. If that's you, I want to pray with you tonight. Thank you, Lord. I see your hand, man. Anybody else? Say, I need to get right. I want to, I want to give my life to Christ tonight. Thank you, sir, for being so bold. Come on, let's let's pray right now. We're all gonna pray together with, with our brother. And I just want you, I just want to pray this prayer. And, 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 and young man, you just pray, pray this prayer as well in faith. Just say, Lord Jesus, I know that you love me, and I know that you died for me. Lord, I know I've sinned, and I ask that you'd forgive me of my sins. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. But give me the grace, give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. I put my trust and my faith in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's rejoice with him and give him a round of applause. Come on, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a card in the pew in front of you that says, I made a decision. Fill that card out. You can bring it to me or bring it to the info center in the lobby uh, on your way out. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. God bless you. Come on, use these tools that we can more run at a healthy pace and have peace in our life. Amen. The Lord bless you and be with you as you go. God bless. Have a good evening.